1: 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. Thanks for
2: hanging we're rocking and rolling on this Monday edition of the Lombardi Line, alongside former NFL executive Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bon and Tony. With you, we're coming to you from coast to coast, as always. Michael, out there in Jersey, I am live from Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. So much to continue to unpack from Week 11 in the NFL, and still more to come tonight with arguably the the game of the year. We got a Super Bowl rematch: Eagles Chiefs going head to head. We will preview that in a moment, Michael. But before we do. I want to just keep diving into some of the big impressions that you took away from yesterday. Um, Results that impacted you for for the better or for the worse when you look at some of these teams.
3: (laughs) Well, I was surprised how bad Miami was in terms of being consistent with their offense, getting the ball in the end zone. They had over 400 yards. They dominated the game, but they turned it over so much. And and I didn't think, you know, for all this conversation that Tua is – I mean, he's still plus 500 to be the MVP in the league. If you watch that game, there's no way he's the MVP in the league. You know, he left a lot of points and yards on the field. And when Tyreek Hill went out and everybody held their breath with his wrist injury, it, it was a little bit of a concern, you know. But what I did get reinforced by the Miami Dolphins was their defense. You know, Aiden O'Connell really didn't have a chance. He threw the ball for three turnovers – but they had no real ability to run the ball against a very good Miami front. They got smothered. I mean, Devontae Adams had a deep catch that O'Connell made to throw. But, you know, when you got to throw the ball 41 times yeah. for a rookie quarterback, you're not going to win the game. So I think Miami's for real. I think Miami is similar to the Chiefs. A lot of hype about their offense, but the core of their team right now is their defense because I think the way people are playing Miami, they're taking away the first read from Tua. They're trying to keep the ball in front of them with Tyreek Hill and saying to them, we'll get this into third down. One of the biggest misconceptions about the the Miami Dolphins is they're a good third down team. They're not. They're not a good third down team. Everybody wants to get them to third down. And if you can get them to 12, 13, 14 third downs, you got a hell of a chance to win the game.
2: Aiden O'Connell, that last-ditch effort, throw to the end zone, hell of an interception from Jalen Ramsey in that spot. He was great yesterday. Yeah. With him healthy, the way that he's improved the back end of that defense has been really impressive. So the Dolphins get the win 20-13, to 13, obviously do not cover the big number, closed at 14.5, a, a lot of places, Michael. But now you look ahead to Black Friday, where they were a 7.5-point favorite. We're now seeing that 9.5 with the news this morning that evidently Zach Wilson is getting... getting... And bench for Tim Boyle. And we did see that in the game yesterday against Buffalo, but moving forward for that game coming up on Friday against Miami.
3: It's got to be, you know, this move to Boyle's got to be more Nathaniel Hackett's relationship with Boyle from their days at Green Bay. He knows what to do. He can, he can run the offense the way I want to run it and I could set up the game plan without any mistakes. It says a lot about what Zach Wilson can't do. Mm. If you're going to Tim Boyle, who's had very limited exposure, very limited playtime in the National Football League, if you go back, if if some of the books go back and look at Tim Boyle's numbers from college, they might, this number might go to 14 in a hurry. I mean, it just might. I mean, the guy didn't complete 50% of his passes in college at Connecticut. <laughs> you know, and, and and again, anything's possible, but... I don't know how all of a sudden this change is going to make them better. Their offense is horrendous. They can't run the ball. Their offensive line's bad. The thing they have to count on is wind and weather because that could slow down the Miami offense. But once again, when you play the game in your mind, how many points do you realistically think the Jets can score with their offense? Now, if Miami turns the ball over like they did against the Raiders, they can probably score more. I'd have a hard time thinking this Jet team could score more than 14 points.
2: No, I'm with you. And I don't – I just – the way that we've seen Zach Wilson play, I'm not saying – like, Tim Boyle is not going to be a better option. I'm just not sure that he's two points better than anybody else on the roster at this point. So it is interesting. I think that Miami, no matter what, is going to have a good dominant game. But – it's just the the number differential is what's interesting to me at this point with the move to Tim Boyle. Also, just a quick update. I didn't see anything more on Devon Achan, who made his return yesterday from injured reserve. He only played one play, hurt his knee. He said he wanted to keep playing. He got landed on kind of funny, and they just kept him out as a precaution. So hopefully he'll be available in this he, game as well.
3: I watched that whole game. He limped off after the first play. Yeah. And even when he ran the first play, it was fairly obvious that he didn't have the same speed and everybody knew the play was coming. I think that's a little bit of Miami's trouble, too. They want to run that wide zone. Everybody kind of knows that they're setting the edges on both sides. Miami, what they did early in the year, 70 points against them all. It's not there anymore because I think people see how to play it. I think they're getting a lot of the same thing. What's helped Miami is is defensively. Right. You can't run the ball on them. They can rush the passer. And, you know, you can maybe get one good drive on them like the Raiders did. They threw a touchdown pass to Devontae Adams. But you're not going to go. You're not going to score 20 points on this Miami team, especially, I think, when you look at the New York Jets. I mean, they're not going to score 20 points. Miami has given up. They gave up 13. They gave up 21 to the Chiefs, none in the second half, 17 to the Patriots you know the eagles scored 31 that was a different game but they're not you're not going to get a lot of points especially considering after you know after i would say the, the Eagle game is really when their defense started to come together.
2: Other injury updates of note, um, the Chargers, an unfortunate loss as a three-point favorite to the Green Bay Packers. Joey Bosa had to come out of the game. He, x-rays apparently were negative. They're hoping it's just a sprain on that ankle, so we'll get more information on that as the week goes on. Aaron Jones, same thing, negative x-rays, but having an MRI today. And then Geno Smith, head coach Pete Carroll for the Seattle Seahawks, says that he is optimistic he's going to be able to play this Thursday on the short week Thanksgiving game against the San Francisco 49ers left the game for a time with a triceps injury, but that's going to be an uphill battle. Michael, how good did the 49ers look yesterday as far as their offense clicking 333 yards, three touchdowns and a perfect passer rating for Brock Purdy.
3: Yeah, and and you know, we said it on the we said it on the show Sunday morning that this was a basically a do over for Kyle Shanahan. He got to see Mike Caldwell's defense warmed that up, and now he got to see Todd Bowles, which runs the same defense, and he got another look at it for another week. And it's no surprise that Purdy had a perfect quarterback rating. I mean, at the pitching and catching and the throws, yeah. as we've said on the show before, I mean, we got to stop saying that Purdy's a seventh round pick. I mean, the guy's really good. He's really good, and the game had to come down to him because, look, it's hard to run the ball on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they're healthy. Now, Tampa lost a lot of guys in the game. Carlton Davis went out. Jamal Dean went out. Levante David went out. But, again, you know, I mean, Baker Mayfield throwing it 45 times, not going to be what you want to do, really. That's at the end of the day, you know, you're going to – to beat San Francisco, you're going to have to – it's hard to run the ball on them, and like Cleveland, right – and like any good defense, if you, can't, if you become one-dimensional, no matter how good you are in that dimension, it becomes difficult. It's like no matter how good of a baseball pitcher you are throwing fastballs, eventually they hit you. And that's where these defenses, when they just make you play left-handed, they make you throw it all the time, it's hard.
2: Speaking of injuries as well for the 49ers, a big one on their back end defensively, Talanoa Hufunga confirmed a torn ACL. And that secondary has been the weakness of that defense, Michael, down this final stretch of the season as they're trying to make a push to potentially make a Super Bowl run. Injuries always seem to be their downfall. How critical is this?
3: Well, you know, they're an eight-man front team, and he's all over the place, and he does a great job of disguising coverage. He does a great job of filling the run, and he's physical. You know, he's another guy that they have. They play 11 players on defense, and all 11 are good tacklers, including their defensive linemen. And so when you take a good tackler off the field and maybe put someone who's not tackling as well that that hurts your defense. This kid was really good. He flew around. He could play on all three levels. He's better on the second, which is the linebacker area, and he's better to tack in the pocket, which is the quarterback area. So, this is this is hard. I mean, he's a pro bowl player and it's hard to lose him.
2: A 13 point win in a spread that closed 13 and a half. So just a reminder, everybody (laughs) try to get the better of the number when you can make your bets earlier in the week. If you have a feel one way or the other, when you can, because that's a tough one to swallow if you laid it with San Francisco. And that's the way this thing lands 27, 14, the final there. Um, We will preview Monday night football at length at the end of this hour. We'll also get some thoughts from Beeson's own NFL analyst, former wide receiver in the national football league, Mike Pritchard coming up in about 20 minutes or so. But let's get just some initial thoughts from you, Michael. Monday Night Football coming up tonight. Chiefs-Eagles, two-and-a-half point spread. It's going to be a good one in Arrowhead.
3: Yeah, it will be. And, you know, we got the crowd noise, which is always a factor. You know, and I think when you look at this game with Kansas City's defense, the way they played, I mean, look, they held Miami to 14 points. They were dominant in that game and their rush inside, but the Eagles' strength of their team, right? The Eagles' strength is their ability to, to, to rush the, to, to with their offensive line. So this is strength on strength, which is what you like and what you want to see. I, I think where, where Kansas City in the past could have had an advantage is the fact that you can throw the ball on Philly. I mean, the last two weeks, the Commanders had 472 yards of offense and the Dallas Cowboys had 406 So those are two teams that, you know, and the commanders have thrown the ball very well against them. Now, are they healthy and they come back? That's going to be critical. That's going to be the key. Because remember, the Eagles, now we're talking about Miami not being a great third-down offense. They rank 17th in the league in that area. Philly's not very good on third-down defense. They're 27th, and they're not very good in the red zone. They're 28th. So this is not the kind of team you want to play because the way that Kansas City is going to go they're going to have to move the football. Now, where Philly is so good is their ability to make explosive plays down the field, their ability to control the – but it's a different team this year. Yeah. They're not as dominant in the first half or in the second quarter. You know, last year they, they scored 204 points in the second quarter. The game – and they got control of the game right away. This is going to be a little bit different. But when you go back and watch a Super Bowl like I have this week – I'm not sure the best team won the Super Bowl. Eagles were sliding all over the place. They couldn't get their rush going with that field. Tonight, it'll be a little bit different story.
2: Yeah, they're they're not going to have field issues, obviously, in this game. Plus, I think the offensive pop that... that we saw the the Chiefs have in the second half of that game. We haven't really seen that at all this season in general. So two very different teams from the ones that played in that Super Bowl, yet in very similar positions leading their respective conferences. We will take a quick break. Be back here with Step Into My Office on the Lombardi Line next.
0: There's plenty to celebrate in March and
1: This is The Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, here is your host, Stormy Bonatone, on VCN, the sports betting network.
2: If you haven't become a VEASAN Pro subscriber yet, what are you doing? Good luck, though. Now is your best chance to sign up and save. Sign up and get our Black Friday special today. That'll give you VEASAN Pro access to everything we do from now through May 1st. Only 60 bucks. Sign up. You'll get access to our daily best bets, unlimited access to the exclusive betting splits page, premium analysis, and 24-7 video access, plus all our betting guys and best bets for the upcoming college bowl games, the Super Bowl, and March Madness. Don't miss out, though. This is our new subscriber offer. VSIN.com slash subscribe is where you can sign up on our Black Friday special. VSIN.com slash subscribe.
4: The appointments are lined up. Are you waiting for somebody in there? An appointment, and it's not
1: about what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. It's not personal. It's strictly business it's time. You and me had a private talk oh, Step into my office. And step into my office with Michael Lombardi, Mr. Lombardi. We'll see you now.
2: Oh, When you hear that door creak open, that means somebody stepping into the office of our guy Michael Lombardi. Your first appointment for the day, Michael, Uh-oh. head coach of the <laughs> head coach of the LA Chargers. Yeah favorite guy, Brandon Staley himself, coming off of the three-point loss to the Green Bay Packers, despite being a three-point favorite in the game. He was feeling the heat in the post-game press conference when asked about whether or not he'd continue his play-calling duties on the defense, said he's got full confidence in their way of playing, full confidence in himself as a play-caller. Stop asking the question, what does Brandon Staley need to hear today, or do you think he's just doomed to be fired regardless?
3: Well, I think what you need to hear, Brendan, is what we all need to hear is the truth, right? And so when you make the claims that your defense isn't the problem... And yet you're 31st or 32nd in passing yards allowed. You're 31st or 32nd in yards per attempt. Once we recalibrate this week's stats, your inability to get off the field yesterday at 50%. Like the the job you have as a head coach of an NFL team, a job that's more uh, difficult to achieve than that of a United States senator. There's only one, there's only 32 of you guys. There's 60 some senators is to be realistic and to understand what is the main thing. And great coaches like Sean Payton keep the main thing the main thing. If you think you're playing good defense, then as the great Uncle Junior once said, you're so far out of the race you, you actually think you're in the lead. You're not. You're not playing great defense. You don't play great team. You've never played complimentary football since you've been there. You've never played complimentary football. So when you sit up there on the podium and talk about three dimensions in complimentary football, that's far into your team. You've never done that. So, like, I don't know how to help you when you can't help yourself. You're in denial and you're angry now and you're feeling the heat. And when you show your emotions at the podium like you did, that tells everybody you're listening to what's being said from people that are outside your building and you were able to convince the Spanos family after a complete meltdown. By the way, if your defense has played good for three years, how did you lose that game to Jacksonville when you had the big lead? I'll wait for your answer on that. There's no need to go further. The reality of it is, is you're kidding yourself, and there's no help for you if you won't have a dose of reality. You've never been able to run the ball. You've never controlled the pace of the game. You couldn't wait to tell us how good it was to hire Kellen Moore, and yet you have no two-minute drill that can get the ball. You've lost multiple close games over your career. So let's let's, let's let's not get angry at the guy asking the questions. The evidence is there. You've been fortunate enough to get three years. Most guys in your position, they don't get three years. They got fired after two, especially when you blow a lead like that. Good luck. Good luck trying to beat Baltimore. Good luck trying to play New England and New England. Because even though they're not any good, that'll be a hard game. Good luck playing Denver, who's playing better than you right now. And you got to play them twice. Three
2: games since that one in the playoffs that they have scored 30 or more points and ended up on the losing end of those games. So to say that your defensive system is working and that you're confident in that system, is uh, the delusion is getting to his head a little bit. Now, a loss that was far worse than what we saw from the Chargers yesterday was the Washington Commanders who were laying more than a touchdown against the beleaguered New York football giants and Tommy DeVito. They turned the ball over six times, Michael. Ron Rivera is sitting in the office today. Post game, he called it a low point in his career, acknowledging that the team is close to bottoming out. What is the biggest issue Rivera needs to resolve to try to figure things out here late in the season? Or is he similarly getting cut?
3: Well, I I think, you know, Ron, you've coached 13 years in the National Football League. Uh, and you've been to the playoffs three times, had winning records three times out of those 13 years, you've been to the playoffs four times. I, I think you know you can't lose games like you did. and you got to protect the football, which you haven't been able to do. You've got to stop turning the ball over, which you haven't been able to do. And at some point, you know, for somebody who wants to run the ball as much as you do, and as somebody that was demanding to run the ball last year, you've allowed the enemy to just call as many pass plays as he can and, and stack the play sheet and really not help you win a game. At the end of the day, you don't play complimentary football. When you look back on this year, it's going to be hard. Yeah, you were in a tough spot. New ownership, you're coming in, but you built this team. This is your team. You're the general manager, you're the head coach. This is everything goes through you. You got full authority in that building. You have no one to blame but yourself. And yesterday to me was the worst loss you could ever have. To a quarterback that really didn't want to make plays. Couldn't make plays and you left guys wide open so that he could pretend he was back at Illinois, or he could pretend he was back at Syracuse and throw throw an easy ball. And it's inexcusable. And these are the kind of games, I'm sorry to say, because you are a nice man, that these are the kind of games to get you fired.
2: Yeah, it's it's a matter of when, not if. I feel like that Ron Rivera is going to be out the door in this standpoint. And, I mean, the Giants, they have the worst offense in the National Football League. They're bottom five defense and they turn you over six times in a game. Commander's still at a chance to win then the pick six obviously closes things out now it seems that there is no talking to frank reich we've had him in the office enough michael so we're going to turn the page and and have the owner of the carolina panthers in there for a talking to with you what do you tell in david tepper based on this one and nine season and frank reich and this coaching staff that you've had a problem with since the start of the season
3: david you need to hand me your telephone you need to top stop you need to stop talking to so many people you know, you got to evaluate the evaluator. Like, you've listened to too many people, and this happens all the time to new owners, is they rely on the league office, or they rely on somebody. They rely on a reporter who doesn't know. You know, you're listening that you need to make decisions or you need to find some counsel to where someone could tell you that's probably not a smart decision you're making. You need a consultary. And you need to find it without somebody having an objective. Your decision to go from Steve Wilkes to Frank Wright built on the idea that Frank was going to build your offense when there was no evidence that Frank developed the quarterback in Indianapolis. I mean, you're way too smart to fall for this. Like, how did you get here? And I think the only way you're going to move forward with your next decision is to figure out how you got here. And you, an owner, you can blame anybody for being here. But you know you were involved in every decision. You know you were involved in the process of hiring Frank and you decided to go in that direction, even though Wilkes demonstrated to you that he did a nice job. You didn't like the staff he was gonna bring offensively. I get that. I get that. Who advised you on what that staff was? I think that's important. Maybe you want to stop listening to them. I, I think the reality here is you need to figure out how you got here. And then you need to hire somebody who's got a a complete command over everything and let that person run it and let that person show you what it needs to be to be an owner and that means you don't stop having meetings that don't means you don't stop asking questions but you're gonna have to figure out how you've messed this thing up because you've created a huge mess you've traded assets and you made your team worse
2: Michael real quickly would you advise him to cut bait in season or at the end of the year
3: i don't know where he's going to go in season, you know it it doesn't really you're not in a rush to get to a, a to get to, to find yourself a coach. I don't think you can interview coaches okay. until the second week of the playoffs anyway so yep. I mean to me it's all about you better be doing he's doing his due diligence now that's the buzz around the league is he's he's looking for another coach and he's doing his due diligence now. Whether that could be proven or not, uh, he's not hired a search firm like they do in college, but it's pretty clear that this is a sh- sinking ship there.
2: We got 90 seconds, let's try to hit one more. Dion Sanders steps into the office. The Buff started 3-0, and 1-7 since, including a bad blowout loss to Washington State who has struggled mightily on Friday. Deion told reporters after the loss, it's the toughest stretch probably of his life. How can he recapture that early season momentum for the program?
3: Well, I think what you have to figure out is why you lost, right? You're not good in the offensive or defensive lines. You can't stop anybody on defense. And until you get good on defense, it doesn't matter how many yards you throw for. You never get control of the game. You haven't had control of any game because you can't stop anybody. And I think the recruiting for all the things that you've done great at Colorado, you're going to have to get into the trenches. And you're going to have to fix both offensive and defensive line. Look, the formula for winning in pro or college doesn't matter. You got to be good up front. And you're not. And so you're going to have to get that better quickly. And you got to stop saying this is hard for you because rebuilding a program is really hard. You know, you're not in the pro football. It's hard to rebuild programs. And you took over one that was really bad shape. Now you're going to lose some of your coaches because they're going to leave because it's not it's not been a very good situation. You're going to lose some of your assistant coaches, and you got to make sure you do the right thing and hire the right people and let them do their job.
2: And even despite this stretch, Michael, like people want to support Dion. People want colorado football to be good so he's got a lot of things behind him going to be important to have the right focus this off season and this is a great topic too we could probably bring up with mike pritchard who won a national championship with colorado he's going to join us coming up next former nfl wide receiver visa nfl analyst get pritch's points when we return on the lombardi line
1: This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatone, on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find at Total Wine and More. Please drink responsibly. Must be 21 or older. And hey, no better time to get out there than for this Thanksgiving holiday season. Get the booze for the family ready. I know that's what I'll be doing later on today. Getting making my Thanksgiving runs for the food and all the things alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy and Tony with you, and we will keep our NFL talk rolling with great friend of the show, Mike Pritchard, Beason Zone NFL. Betting analyst, former longtime wide receiver in the National Football League. And I ran into you yesterday when I was walking out of the building, Pritch. We were talking about teasers. I ended up getting hosed on the commanders. What else is new? How was Uh, your day yesterday?
7: Not bad, Stormy. I mean, being selective with teasers, right? Uh, And these days, I mean, (laughs) the books have kind of uh, reduced some of the pricing. Like I'm finding three-leg teasers now at, what, plus 145. It used to be uh, plus 160. Uh, so uh, I, I think the books are are, are noticing uh, teasers uh, being highly successful this year. I would believe, and um, I'm sorry that your your ticket didn't hit right there, but uh, it was great to see you though. Otherwise, yeah. passing Thank by.
2: Thank you. Michael was making fun of me. He said that's why they're called teasers because they tease you.
3: <laughs> 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 they tease her right into it and she does. every week I tell yeah. her and Femi like, stay out of that teaser business it's hard enough to pick the winners let alone pick the teasers right and, and Mike talk a little bit about the declining offensive production we're seeing yeah. it all over the quarterbacking play is really instead of getting a little better as the year goes on it's getting worse
7: yeah, it is. Um, uh, it really is surprising and shocking, to be honest with you. Um, uh, you know, teasers are, are fascinating, uh, uh, Michael and, and Stormy. I got a group of friends, I call them the teaser syndicate, and, and they've been sports betting for years, far longer than I have, obviously, uh, as, as I was playing in the league and I couldn't do it. Uh, but it, it really is um, an advantage when you can spot uh, some edges. And so, for instance, declining offense, declining quarterback play, scoring is tighter not only down but it's tighter Uh, and therefore uh, if you can find some probability matchups that are evenly matched up uh, then I think from a dog standpoint you can get through two possessions uh, and therefore teasers are okay all right Uh, so focusing in on defensive play uh, when you have a matchup like Cleveland and Pittsburgh you know two great defenses out there Uh, okay Cleveland could probably win that game which they did uh, but from a teaser standpoint, the probability aspect of Pittsburgh keeping that within one possession, I, I thought that was a great uh, angle right there. Um, you, you know, you look at Detroit Lions, they outscore everybody. They had four turnovers, but yet they still scored 31 points uh, against um, a defense that's not very good. You know, and, and, you know, I think Chicago's still finding themselves and looking for themselves. But, you know, that was a, an interesting situation right there. If you wanted to tease the Lions down at home, you know, things like that. Uh, I I think uh, have really been fruitful, at least for me. But uh, identifying really good defensive play and scoring being tight. Denver Vikings, uh, improving defenses on both sides of the ball right there, both uh, sides of the sideline. You know, those are situations that I think have been kind of attractive from a probability standpoint and therefore being able to cash those tickets as well.
2: Yeah, the Lions were were a sweat. That was one of my teasers due to that I did <laughs> that I did bring down. And for all of the like losses that I've been harping on, there were wins like I teased the Lions down and I also paired it with the Vikings and I paired it with the. Cardinals. So, you know, there are other right. things I get a little bit teaser happy, but it's the ones you lose that tick you <laughs> off that you remember the most. Sure. Now, sure. In, this, sure. in this theme of defenses, of course, you mentioned the Denver Broncos and heck of a mm. win for them to pull out there at the end with Russell Wilson hitting Cortland Sutton in the fourth quarter. But that defense, we talked about it earlier, the takeaways over this four game winning stretch have been significant and they really seem to have found themselves. What have you noticed has been the biggest differences that Sean Payton has brought into this Denver Broncos team from the first handful of weeks of the season to now. Oh no, I think we, we lost our guy Pritch. We lost our guy Pritch, but I mean, still a conversation worth having, Michael. I know we touched on it earlier in the show today, but clearly the things that Sean Payton have done has done have been remarkable from what we saw the start of the season to now
3: especially with Vance Joseph and what they've done defensively. Now, they've gotten some guys back healthy, but he knows he's got a liability with the offensive line. They're not great at pass protection. He's found that out. Russell turned the ball over too much earlier in the season. And so what he's done is he's done what all good coaches do is they avoid losing first, right? So they came back in and, okay, we're going to run the ball. It's not going to be pretty. We're going to take the points that we're going to give us, right? We're going to take that and we're going to move forward. And so like, and and they've done a good job. They have had, they've had two turnovers in the last four weeks. When in the beginning of the season, they had five in three weeks.
2: Pritch, happy that we're able to reconnect with you here. Um, But continuing that thought process on, on the Broncos defense, what have you noticed most about the shift in philosophy and the way that the culture has changed under Sean Payton the last four weeks?
6: Well, I, I think credibility, uh, you got to start there storming uh, and certainly, you know, Sean Payton coming into a situation in which the culture and uh, the work ethic and, and certainly the standard has been really low. Uh, and so you, you had to change that and that's going to take some time. I don't think you can do that in an off season. Uh, so he was able to do that. He's able to do that and then more efficient on offense. I, I think they're more conservative uh, and Russell has embraced the tough coaching, uh, the, the structure of the coaching as well. And, uh, his play has been more efficient. But then on the defense side of the ball, I mean, that defense was horrible, uh, at the beginning of the year, but Vance Joseph ha- has tinkered with it and they-, they got rid of some guys and, uh, the guys remaining ha- have really bought into the philosophy there too. So, uh, I, I think they've amped up physically, uh, to-, to be specific on both sides of the ball. And that's really helped them uh, sustain this winning streak as well.
3: Yeah, I mean, I th- you know what I said, Mike. I think that Sean's done a great job of making sure they know who they are, and they're not trying to extend themselves out of their comfort zone, and they're not interested in winning the stat sheet. And you could see guys aren't complaining, they're not getting the ball. I mean, yesterday they couldn't run the ball, and yet they still right. were able to score thirteen points in the fourth quarter and win that game. So they've done a they, to me, they've done a great job. Whereas when you look at the Chargers, you you can't say that about them.
6: Exactly. I mean, check your ego at the door, right? Uh, and I think Denver has done that. Whereas the Chargers uh, ask Staley if he's checked his ego or not, but I don't think he has. And uh, I know there was a big drop by the rookie receiver uh, in that game, but uh, you, you just can't give up that many yards and 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 uh, those um, that many opportunities to to a team at home, uh, and then you're going to struggle on the road. And you know that was another situation where you where you look at scoring being tight, perhaps and. Uh, And certainly a betting angle right there. But yeah, you're right. I I think there's so much that is going wrong uh, out there in L.A. with the Chargers that I don't know what they can get right at at this moment and, and this moment in time with this direction that they're going in right now.
2: Well, and Staley says the system works. Everything's good. He's very confident. Interesting for a sub 500 team and the worst (laughs) passing defense in the National Football League. But that's just me. Neither here nor there. Let's get to Monday night football, Pritch, because we got a fun one coming up tonight between the Eagles and Kansas City Chiefs. And despite both of these teams being at the top of their respective conferences, they are very different versions of those teams we saw play in the Super Bowl a year ago. How are you approaching tonight's action?
6: Well, I'm leaning on defense uh, again. Uh, I'm looking at Kansas City and what they're able to do uh, all season long. I think Spags has evolved that side of the ball going into that Super Bowl matchup. Everybody was kind of worried when we were out there in Phoenix. Everybody was kind of worried about okay, the youth on the defense side of the ball for Kansas City, but that team has grown up. Uh, they're only allowing 14 points a game at home, uh, which is really fantastic. And and without Dallas Goddard, I, I think uh, there's a matchup um, edge that's lost for the Eagles offense. Now, I, I think they can still get to some things offensively to make it difficult for Kansas City. But then on the other side, uh, you really have a prolific offense uh, that can score. Uh, they can distribute the football. They'll matriculate the ball. They can they can ball control with their own offense as well. So that, that many options has me playing uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I, I had the two and a half, I laid it, but certainly if I need to get involved in game, I'm prepared to do that as well. But, uh, really leaning on the Kansas city chiefs defense, uh, being able to come up with some stops at home.
3: Are you concerned at all about the chiefs offense? I mean, they've had so many drops, Mike, are, are you worried that, or you just think Andy off the bye is going to kind of clean some of these mistakes and they'll improve?
6: Yeah. You know, Michael, I, I think um, they, they're going to have to improve b- because this, I call this game, the home field advantage game, because I think in both locker rooms, both head coaches are preaching the importance of winning and, and certainly trying to maintain an, an edge in home field advantage. So uh, you're going to have to concentrate more you're under the lights. Uh, I, I think uh, when you have a prime time situation, your best players shine. Uh, so Kansas city will lean on their stars, right? And, uh, if guys are dropping the ball, I think Patrick will go away from them and, and certainly won't be able to rely on those guys.
2: Pritch, we only got about 30 seconds, but we were talking about Colorado, the segment before, and just curious from your standpoint, yeah. if you think this off season, that Dion's going to be able to get things back on track and regain some of that momentum for next year.
6: Well, the shine's gone uh, and, and substance is coming to the surface right now, uh, Stormy. Uh, and prime has never been in this situation as a player, as a coach, uh, so I'm eager to see how he's going to get himself out of it with that staff and how they're going to recruit. Uh, I think it was easier to recruit uh, when you have the spotlight and certainly everything's going well, uh, but now it's not going that way and it's going to be more difficult.
2: Pritch, you're awesome. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate you. Thanks, Pritch.
3: Appreciate you. Appreciate you, thank you Pritch. Have you. Have good luck day. tonight.
2: Yeah, good you luck. Too. Thank you. We will continue to preview Monday Night Football when we come back here on the Lombardi Line. This is Vicent and DraftKings Network.
1: This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatone, on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network
2: love this time of year. There's so much to be thankful for. Family, friends, food, and of course, football all week long. And DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping your Thanksgiving week full of action at the Sportsbook. New customers can bet just five bucks on the NFL to score 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets. All you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code Vegas V-E-G-A-S only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Let's have our pro tip of the show as we start wrapping things up here on the Lombardi line, Michael Lombardi and Stormy Tony with you and we had a great conversation earlier in the first hour when Thomas Gable, director of the Race and Sportsbook at the Borgata in Atlantic City joined us just talking about value of the line Michael and making sure that you're well aware of where this number was at the beginning of the week versus where it's going to close shopping around all those things are so important and I know you do a great job monitoring it and we're looking at these numbers every single day but for some of those more casual bettors it can be pretty opportunistic if you get ahead of numbers early in the week.
3: Yeah, like let's say the Detroit Lions opened up as a 10-point favorite and all the money came in on the Bears and it ended up closing at seven and a half. You know, at some point you say to yourself where do I take the Lions because it's moved so far away and you and I both have had this conversation. I think it's—I have to update it to tonight. It's forty-eight ninety-three and two when the line moves three points or more. And we saw a lot of line movement this week, right? Sean McVay is one of the few coaches where, when the line moves towards him, he covers. Now he didn't cover yesterday because I think he was end up being a one and a half or a two point favorite by the end. But at one time, he was a three point dog. They weren't sure mm-hmm. Stafford was going to play, so. You got to be really careful. You know, if you took Arizona, if you took a, a Houston, a, a, and laid the uh, and 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 laid the four and a half, you won. But if you took them and laid the six, you lost. So you got to be really careful here.
2: Yeah, and speaking of that Rams game, like one of your official plays that you gave out on Friday was Rams plus one, right? But then by the time we were on the show Sunday, we were like, okay, let's not give that one out anymore because it's gotten up to minus two. And that's not the number that we like at this point. So a great example. And we just talking the official pro tip was we'll throw it back up there on the screen. This weekend's NFL action was just a great example of why it's so important to monitor those line moves throughout the week and not to be afraid of betting against some of those moves as well. Um, Betting tips available at vcin.com. You can search them by show and show. And by sport, and also real quickly, Michael. Before we get to Monday Night Football, I did see just an update that Dorian Thompson Robinson, Robinson will remain the starter for the Cleveland Browns moving forward. Yep. A lot was made of Joe Flacco getting signed to the practice squad this week, and so there were some questions about that. But he gets the win over the Steelers, and he'll continue to be the starter for now.
3: Yeah, I mean, that, and that's you know, look, they brought Flacco in to give him a veteran presence. They need that, you know, and, and so I, I think they've seen enough of P.J. Walker to say, wait a minute, this isn't going to go very well. And look, let's face it, I think we're, if you're Kevin Stefanski, you, you get a veteran in there, we're going to run the ball. I mean, no matter who's playing quarterback, we got to run the ball to win. I mean, we're, we're going to rely on our defense and our kicking game to win games. We're going to be in a lot of close games, and we can't make mistakes. And, and, and DTR did a good job yesterday, not necessarily of winning the game, but avoiding losing. Yeah.
2: He um he obviously like didn't light up the scoreboard or anything like that and for a game that was the lowest total on the board this week and one of the two lowest totals that have been out there in the last decade and still stayed under I was really impressed with the poise that he showed overall throughout the course of the game so I think it he's deserved yep. to have another week and see what he can do um now as of tonight we have got a fun mm. one coming up uh, save the best yeah. for last in week I 11 hope so. It should yeah. be. It should be. So we got the 7-2 and two Chiefs against the 8-2 and two Eagles. It's, of course, a rematch from Super Bowl 57 last year. And it could be a Super Bowl preview as well with the records and the way that these two are sitting atop the standings at this point. Pritch said he likes laying it with the Chiefs. You lean Eagles. Why?
3: Well, because I, I think when I watched the Chiefs' offense and when I watched them not score in the second half, I'm like, what's going on here? And and I look up Mahomes' numbers, and they're all really good, except that he hasn't gotten much support. He hasn't gotten much support from other a player other than Travis Kelsey, and that's going to have to happen tonight. Now the the Eagles have given up a ton. I mean, the last two games, Stormy, to the Washington Commanders and the Dallas Cowboys, they've given up 53 first downs. Mm-hmm. They've given up over 400 yards. They've given up over 300 yards passing in both games. 388 to Washington, 333 to Dallas. Now, they've won both games, and it's great for them. But they haven't really moved the ball offensively. I mean, Dallas was really good. They controlled the clock. They couldn't put the ball in the end zone. They lost in the red zone. And so, for me, I think th- this is a reboot for Philadelphia. The concern you have if you're, if you're taking the points in Philly is – Philly doesn't look like the same team on the road. Yes, they won in Washington in a shootout 38-31. You know, they lost to the Jets. New England played them as well as anybody. They only had 17 first downs, their lowest first downs, and their lowest offensive output in a long time. And yet they won that game 25-20. to You know, to me, this game's going to come down to, can Patrick Mahomes get somebody to help him? Because if he does, yeah. he's facing a defense that will give up a lot of yards. Right, they're 29th in the league in yards. They don't intercept the football. They're 31st in interceptions, you know. And you can make plays on them because the one thing Andy Reid's going to love about this game, Stormy, is is the Eagles are the number one run defense in football. So he doesn't have to call runs; he can just keep throwing it. And he's got Mahomes, which ultimately helps him. You know, I, I just think to me. This is Philadelphia's opportunity to kind of get back to where they were. they won a lot of games. they won an overtime game. they won a close game. Both Commander games were close. You know, the, the Miami game was closer than the score indicated, but Tua couldn't make any plays that they needed them to make. And the Dallas has got first and in, first in five at the, at the six and can't get in the end zone for the win. So they know how to win. They're an experienced team that understands how to win.
2: And it hasn't been perfect by any means for the Philadelphia Eagles, but you said it like they've continued nope. to find ways to win throughout the course of the season. It's interesting hearing you preview this game because the way that we're talking about these teams is so different from the way that we were previewing the Super Bowl last year, yeah. right? It was Kansas City and their high-flying offense, and even without Tyreek Hill, they're still able to find other weapons and yada, yada, yada. Meanwhile, the Philadelphia Eagles, this dominant defense, and now we're talking about Kansas City having one of the best defenses in the National Football League. Their offense hasn't been as good. They you mentioned them being shut out in the second half against Miami. Well, they scored every single drive they had the football in that Super Bowl in the second half. Meanwhile, yeah. Philadelphia's defense is actually struggling a little bit. So, here's a fun question for you: Because of this, um, AJ Brown or Travis Kelsey, who has the better day today?
3: Well, the Eagles struggle covering inside receivers. There's no question. So, I right. would lean towards Kelsey here. I, I would think that they're going to have to they're going to have to make Waddle beat them. You know, look, the Eagles will protect. I think not having Dallas Goddard makes it a little easier on Spagnola to. You know, when the Eagles have their five receivers on, the, uh, five eligible out there, the three receivers, the tight end in the back, they're hard to deal with. And so now you remove Goddard from the equation, and you know he's kind of been the safety valve. He he helps them so much in terms of being able to. You know, he's got thirty-eight catches, fifty-three targets, tremendous success rate when they throw him the football. Uh, to me, I, I, I would lean towards I, I would lean towards Kelsey because there, there's no other receiver yeah. on the field. Once you take his 52 or 38 catches out, who else is going to get the ball? It's three receivers that get it. The backs really don't get the ball. Uh, they'll throw it the Swift at times, but it's really about you got to stop AJ Brown. Yeah you got to stop him. He averages 15 yards a catch.
2: And he's been tremendous this season. So that's why I asked the question, because you have like the Chiefs defense that's actually good against this wide receiver who's been seemingly unstoppable the last five, six weeks. And then you have the... maybe Travis Kelsey didn't have a great game, wasn't really a factor at all, but the Eagles defense is certainly one that can be penetrated in that area where Travis Kelsey has a lot of success. So I think that's going to be a fun little battle to watch there. Also, in terms of the total, opened 47 and a half. We're now seeing 45 and a half. It seems like the pros have leaned under. Um, movement is notable, though, because 72% of bets are taking the over. Chiefs have been 7-2 and two to the under this season, and we are expecting some weather, Michael. So the wind's going to be blowing yeah. um, a little bit here. I saw, saw around 15-mile-an-hour winds and potential mm-hmm. for rain. I'm not sure if there will be, though. Yeah.
3: Yeah. There was a really bad weather forecast that's kind of predicted it was going to be really bad weather, but now it's kind of backed off. It's going to be in the low 40s, and you're going to have 12-mile, between 11 to 12-mile-an-hour wind gust. I think it'll affect the kickers. It'll certainly okay. affect the range of the kickers, and so we have to take a look at that. Because, look, let's face it, these kind of games come down to the fourth quarter. All these games come down to, and this is why you can't ever stray away from Philly. Every big game. Every playoff-type game comes down to who can convert third and one, who can convert fourth and one. Philly does it well. If Chicago had that, that formation that Philly has against Detroit, Detroit doesn't win that game. They're going to convert that third and one and win it, but they don't have that. Philly does.
2: I'm going to tell you something you're not going to like, Michael. Michael. Andy yeah. Reid off a of bye is pretty good. I don't know if you heard. See, I held I, I held back all day, all two hours of the show without saying good. it. But I'm going to put it out there. I'm rooting for KC
3: because I want Russo to lose. So I'm rooting for <laughs> KC to win by three. That's what I'm rooting for.
2: Oh, Andy Reid, 31-6 and six off a of bye, including postseason. Also another unfriendly stat for the Eagles. Jalen Hurts, 3-8 straight up as an underdog, including 1-6 and six, his last seven. Can they turn it around today? Michael thinks yes, but he's rooting for the other side. Which is
3: always fun. Yeah, no, I am. I'm I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm playing the opposite here. I'm George opposite right now, Stormy.
2: Love to see it. Maybe I should have done that yesterday on that Commander's teaser. Womp, womp. That's it for us today. See you tomorrow.